I'm Michael Hogan. You're listening to the Galactica Quorum. It's a fracking podcast. <laughs> All trailers look good. The actors' contracts expire in November. We're hoping. We're at the precipice of hope here. Yeah. Hello, welcome to the Galactica Quorum. It's a fracking podcast. It's a fracking podcast about Battlestar Galactica and Caprica. I'm Ryan, and joining me today is... Jason. That comprises our quorum. We are back after a very long hiatus. Which kind of makes it a loose definition of quorum. Yeah. Is there a, is a word for a two people in a quorum? Is it's more it? of a quasi-quorum. <laughs> quasi-quorum. Uh, we're back after a bit of a hiatus. Before we get on to business, here's our contact information. You can reach us at gquorum at gmail.com. That's our email address. That's spelled G-Q-U-O-R-U-M. And our voicemail, 301-358-5175. This is our website, galacticacorum.com. Find us on iTunes. Search for Galactica Quorum or Quorum. You can find us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter, where our account name is Galactica Quorum. We also have a new podcast. Well, actually, it's not new. It's been out for several months now, but I want to direct you to Geek Quorum, which is where we talk about other sci-fi shows and movies and geek topics. We've recently talked about Lost, just recorded an episode about the last season that just concluded of True Blood, and we'll be talking about the new seasons of Stargate Universe, Fringe, and new shows like The Event really soon. So check that out. That's at geekquorum.com and also on iTunes. I want to mention that we have a long-running contest that we've been doing, giving away a book signed by Richard Hatch. I've extended this many times because I've not been promoting it because we haven't had a podcast in several months. So one more chance to sign up for that. Basically go to the website and click on a link and it'll show you the instructions on how to win that. It basically involves doing a tweet about our new podcast, Geek Quorum. All right, so let's get on to Battlestar news. There's actually several things that have happened over the last several months. So let's go through some of these items now. David Icke and Ron Moore at Comic-Con, they spent a lot of time campaigning to continue Caprica into Season 2. Around about that same time, Ron Moore, it was announced that he is developing a show for NBC, which he terms as an adult Harry Potter, where the world is ruled not by science but magic. What's his definition of adult? Is it an adult Harry Potter movie or just a Harry Potter movie for adults? Because um, I'm pretty sure the adult Harry Potter movie has already been made. <laughs> yeah, what's the uh, the porn version of the Harry Potter? Uh, I don't what's know. the title? I have no clue. I'm not going there. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm not sure. No timetable on that yet. I'm also wondering what happened to his development deal with Paramount. They gave him a a deal to develop a movie franchise, and I'm not sure what became of that. Big news in Battlestar Galactica land. They announced a webisode movie called Blood and Chrome to be set in the first Cylon War, what we've been clamoring for for a long time. It will have a young Bill Adama, Husker, as the main, I think the main protagonist, or at least he'll be one of the people in it. No word if the actor will be the same as the first one we saw in that webisode back in the Razor time frame. One thing they have said is that they're going to use all virtual sets since they ripped apart and auctioned off every piece imaginable from the original Battlestar Galactica set. So they have nothing left. So they're doing it all virtually. So we'll see how that turns out. Sky Commander style, huh? Yeah. Sky Commander. This is the thing that they mentioned several months ago that they approached Ron Moore with an idea and I guess he signed off on it. I got nothing wrong with virtual sets as long as there's a real plot line. Right. 
everyone has been asking for the first Silent War, so as long as they bring the characters and whatnot to it, then I think people will be happy. The webisodes will be approximately 10 minutes each, and there'll be, I think I said about 10 of them, maybe a dozen. So when you add them all up, it's going to be about an hour and a half, maybe a little bit more. That's why it's called a webisode movie, because if you put it all together, it's going to be pretty much a film length. I think when we last podcast about Caprica, uh, there might have been some haziness about when the show was returning. Then they announced it would be in January. And then the big news came that they would be moving that up by several months to October 5th, Tuesday at 10 p.m., which is, as we record this, right around the corner. What are the reasons for this? I think a great deal of it has to do with the fact that the actors' contracts expire in November, and Sci-Fi has to make a decision very quickly about whether to renew them or not. Basically, they are going to see what the ratings are going to be in the first couple episodes, and then after that, they will make a decision. Because really, they shot the pilot literally several years ago. I think it was 2008, or maybe even sooner than that. And they finished production on season one in the last year. So the actors have been doing other things. They've still been under contract. But at this point, they need to, if they are going to do a season two, they need to lock them in. Sci-fi, I think, finally realized that. And now they are uh, going to be looking at how things turn out. So if you are a fan, if you want the franchise to continue, you should probably check out or tell your friends to check out, spread the word that the start of season two, or not, not season two, it's actually, they're calling it 1.5, but that starts very soon. And I think this is going to be what determines whether it gets comes back or not. I just don't get it, though. I understand that someone probably also realized that, wow, people are just kind of forgetting about this because we're not bringing it back to, what, January, supposedly. So they moved it back up. But then again, exactly, you know, what are your numbers? Because I doubt a reboot at season 1.5 is going to draw any new casual fans, especially since, you know, like, quote unquote, the real television season has begun and there's new stuff all over the place. If you were going to bring it back like this, it should have been done much earlier. The timing makes no sense. I hope that they've adjusted their numbers expectations accordingly because the odds of this even matching the numbers from whatever episode Mm -hmm. the first time around are slim to none. Yeah. Unfortunately, they're up against a wall in terms of ratings because their ratings tended to decline. If you average them all together, they underperformed compared to what Stargate Universe did. And right now, Eureka and Warehouse 13 are doing gangbusters ratings for sci-fi. They're getting the best numbers sci-fi has ever seen. And when you stack them up in comparison to what Caprica got, it doesn't look good. So, yeah, I'm not really sure what to make of that. And I'm kind of surprised, too, when I made a tweet on our Twitter account about the fact that they were moving it up. And when I posted on our Facebook page about it, there was not any real enthusiasm, I guess. I mean, there's some of the comments were funny. Like someone was saying, uh, I wish I had it in front of me, but they said it was like watching like when the Titanic broke in half on the first part. Whenever, it would be like watching the second part of the Titanic roll into the sea and, and go under. <laughs> Excellent. Uh, uh, Nice metaphor there. But yeah, I was kind of surprised that people were... I think people have moved on a bit. On the other hand, they did release a trailer for season 1.5 that came out. And Michelle came in and she was like, oh, the new trailer's out. And granted, the trailer looks pretty good. All trailers look good. (laughs) All trailers look 
Good. <laughs> okay, you took the words out of my mouth. Yeah, you could take any 90 seconds. For this one, wasn't even, I think it was like a 90-second trailer, and only the last 45 seconds were actually from season 1.5. So, yeah, you could take 45 seconds of pretty much anything and put it together. But that said, I'm trying to, you know, stay positive. The stuff they show is pretty cool. They show like an assembly line of Cylons and some STO finagling. And this is, after all, when they change the direction of the show. If there's any hope for optimism, it's that maybe they have changed the tone and the overall direction of the show is going to be different. However, it has to be said that the shows were all filmed. You can't change anything. The only thing they can do is re-edit. Right. I'm not sure how you re-edit something to really change where it was heading from episode one to episode whatever it ended on right. to 1.5. You could be under the impression that they've been away for a long time and they tinkered and they spent that time to fix whatever problems may have been perceived. But in reality, they had one long production and... There really was no break. For us, there was a break in viewing, but in terms of production, there wasn't. So whatever they did at the time is going to have to stick. And I think in the middle is going to come to change that. So let's just go back a little bit to the last... When we last left Caprica, as you recall, there's a few cliffhangers that they set us up with. Uh, I listened to the sci-fi podcast of the last episode. And it was one of those where they had David Icke on it, and they had Paula Malcolmson on there... What I found interesting was the subtext of what she was saying was that she was not very happy <laughs> with the direction that she, her character had taken. I think off she, a bridge, uh, well, off a bridge, she <laughs> down. She, she wanted Amanda not to be. I think she wanted her the direction of that to be much different. Put it that way. They also revealed that there was a subplot where Sam was in New Cap City conspiring with Evelyn to bring Joseph back, but that got cut out. I don't think that would have made sense because Sam doesn't seem like he's really into the whole virtual world stuff. So Sam was the brother. The brother, yeah. Evelyn was the love interest. She was the love interest, the other assistant DA or whatever she was. Right. The one that played the other kid that shot. Right. Okay. See, there's the other thing with, you know, it's that same thing. I know that you can go back and say, I think it was HBO and maybe even primarily The Sopranos that kind of popularized the idea that you can do a 10 or 12 episode season and take a long time off and come back and people will still be there. But the thing is, is you've got to have memorable characters and memorable plot lines and memorable stories. You've got to have everything that Caprica didn't really do well. I mean, yes, we all know how it ended, ended, but I mean, we're kind of a special case too. Yeah. As we look at where the cliffhanger ended and where we think it's going to go, Jason, you said that you had a vision. Uh, this is what I don't want to see. <laughs> I don't want the opening scene to be Amanda on a hospital bed interspersed with the Cylon on like a repair table. And, you know, you've got the engineers and the doctors trying to save the various things. Mm -hmm. Besides, I thought the whole point of the Cylon, per se, it would actually make more sense to me if that Cylon body was completely destroyed, but the sentience like, lived on somewhere else and could just be plugged back in into another Cylon body. Right. Unfortunately, they might have screwed that up because they said it was locked into that particular chassis. Right. That's the one. Yeah. Yeah. Unless they, and the trailer gives you the impression that there might be more than one Zoe. I don't know. We'll see. So what I think should happen is Virgis should get the contract for making the U87. We've talked about this before. There's no reason for Greystone ever to be trusted with anything anymore. He should just be off. He could still be in the story somehow, but I think in terms of him being directly involved with his company, it shouldn't. Realistically, he should be just off. Now, 
that made me think about what really should have happened at the very beginning of the series. What I think should have happened was that, okay, you have Zoe, the teenage girl. If that's going to be in the show, that's going to be in the show. But if she does wake up as the Witty Seven, instead of playing the silent Sally where she doesn't talk to anybody, instead, from the very beginning, I thought she should have had a tentative relationship with her father where she says that she's actually inside the robot. But then he loses the contract and that goes to Virgis. Maybe at that point, the robot gets half blown up and she once again blames Greystone for it. The end result is that she's being raised by a new father. So it's the same deal where she initially distrusts Virgis, but eventually she has a friendship, if not a bond of some kind with Virgis. So what the end result would have been was that the Cylon now has two fathers and has mixed feelings about both. Maybe they're setting it up that way for the second half of the season, but she just needs to have some conflict about who she trusts and who she's dealing with. The other thing that I really would have rebooted from the very beginning, instead of making Greystone a robot maker, I think he should have solely been the developer of virtual programming and AI, period. Forget this robot making stuff. And his next great thing that he would have sold to the board would have been this breakthrough of making copies of real people in the virtual world. And then somebody's morbid idea would have been, hey, let's do it for dead people. And then that would have started this whole thing with, since the STO has this thing about their immortality, it would have opened up this whole other avenue. And then let some other company come along, maybe Virgis, who's got the hardware robot contract, and they somehow get involved. But that leads to my prediction. My prediction is that Amanda is going to be dead, and that he's going to make an avatar of her. And then we've got mommy and daughter in the Cylon afterlife and that's going to have some sort of effect. I could see that because once again, we've got a show where your three primary candidates to be the embodiment of evil that destroys humanity are all female. Mm-hmm. It's a theme. It's a theme. <laughs> <laughs> kind of heroes-esque. But yeah. Now, there have been obviously plenty of people that didn't like the show, but we did get some feedback from people who did have positive things to say about the first half of the season and the show in general. We got a post from Skiznot, and he wrote that I may be different in that I didn't want to like or dislike Caprica, so there's no disappointment, but I still ended up in the same place as most of y'all. I mainly watched Caprica because I was there from the beginning, unlike many shows where I missed the boat. I did like the pilot, but once the sci-fi shiny wore off, I mainly watched with an occasional raised eyebrow. My favorite part of the whole series was when she shot the dog, sorry, Daggett, which means my least favorite part came soon after. Here's to hoping the second half of season one isn't the same as it ever was. So someone has a little bit of faith there. Now, one of our listeners who is a fan of Caprica is Shannon. And at the beginning of the series, he wrote and said that he liked the show. And at the end of the mid-season finale, I wrote him back and asked him if he still was on board because the show had changed just a little bit. He wrote back, and it's a little lengthy, but I think he makes some good points, so I'm going to read the uh, the whole thing. So he writes, After the mid-season finale, my feelings remain the same. I still love the show. I'm invested in the world and completely separate the feeling I have for it from my feelings for BSG. Much like I appreciated after a while, Angel on its own merits instead of a spinoff of Buffy. Though it's not a completely apples-to-apples comparison, because Angel and Buffy were at times parallel, intertwined in their plotting and storytelling, while Caprica, because of its timing and setting, is more on its own. Angel featured different sensibilities, It was more noir and adult with bleaker themes. Caprica also has different sensibilities, though it explores the same themes, religion, sentience, grief, etc. as BSG. I cut the show some slack as a first-year production where the writers, producers, and actors are all trying to find the tone and style they want to pursue. Some of the plot points dangled or become repetitive. For a while, I thought Joe Dama was going to just start screaming, Walt, like Michael on Lost as he looked for Tamara. Some characters had issues appear out of nowhere, like Amanda and her brother. Some characters were underserved, Sam and Lacey. Some were underwritten, Clarice. 
But the one thing that keeps me coming back is the quality of the performances. In my view, across the board, the acting is just top shelf, led by Emmy-worthy work from Eric Stoltz. Even as the characters are selfish or make stupid decisions, I truly enjoy watching them interact in this world. Is it perfect? Oh, hell no. Joe spun his wheels too much. The writers didn't know what to do with Amanda and her character for the longest time. The machinations of the STO don't have a lot of gravity or coherence at this stage of the game. There's a lot of let's see what sticks quality to a lot of the plot threads. Corporate takeovers, police investigations, judicial corruption, fractious leadership in the cult, teen romance, terrorism, public relations, gangster life, Torah philosophy. Sure, we'll try them all. But for me, at the end of the day, it still comes back to the characters and the acting. I've latched onto this cast and these characters and find them endlessly compelling. I like that almost every single one of them, with the possible exception of Lacey, is completely fucked up. Even Zoe is fascinating, and I usually hate kids and teens on TV. So, yep, still on board with the show and eagerly anticipating its return. I guess my question for Shannon is, when the show comes back and they make a change to the tone of it, as we've said, is that going to screw things up for those people that right now do enjoy it the way it is? Look, I am the self-professed and well-known cynic, but I'm not not on board with this. It's like I've reached the point where I'm going to grab on to any positive thing and hold on to it because my overall bar has just been lowered so much. I'm really not looking forward to Tuesday as like, okay, what can I do that I can just wash my hands of this thing? I'm looking forward to like, come on, give me something that says, wow, okay, this is what they were building up to. This is the hook. Unless the end of Caprica actually leads to something a little bit better idea from the universe. I am curious if they do end up being canceled, where the show at the end of season one will be. Is there going to be some sort of cliffhanger moment that we will have unresolved? Or does it matter? Because ultimately, we know because it's a prequel, what happens? I mean, we we'll, might not find out what happens to some of these characters. It might be in a situation where we're like, what happened to Amanda when X happened? But Or you don't even have to. This is a show crying out for the jump the one-year jump, the multi-year jump. Yeah. You don't have to recreate a new show or create a new show. You can kind of recreate Caprica, get through this season, renew it, and all of a sudden say, okay, we're jumping ahead five, ten years. Recast Adama, recast anyone young, make everyone look sufficiently older, and just jump ahead to teetering on the precipice of the Cylon War. Right. Even like this next episode that's coming up, if they opened up and it said a year later, you don't even see the immediate 10 minutes after the van crashed into the blockade or a minute after Amanda jumps off the bridge. It's a year after and Greystone is picking up the pieces and you see Virgis already on assembly line with his company already building the new. Well, we've, we've been hinted that they're going to be there already because they, one of the scenes in the preview was the room full of Cylons. But that could have taken place in episode 18, though. Right, right. I'm but just saying it, it wouldn't be bad if they just did that in episode 11, which will be the next one. Yeah, but it'd be nice if they did jump ahead a little bit. They have promised that we're going to see different planets. We should be seeing Geminon. Lacey, from what all the indications, is going to have a bigger role. She's going to be more independent. Keep the school uniforms, though, right? <laughs> yeah, keep <laughs> That would be cool. She's like going across all these different planets, and she's still wearing her little school uniform. It's fulfilling all the fantasies of all the pervy old pervy men. Pervy old men. <laughs> Yeah. See, like, well, what Shannon was talking about, I mean, yeah, obviously Angel became its own show. Actually, in hindsight, it's easier to find Angel reruns than it is Buffy reruns and syndication. But the weakest ones are the ones where they're actually 
are the interplay episodes because you don't have the Buffy in context. Mm. But, you know, hey, if you told me that they were going to try to make Caprica better by hiring Joss Whedon, yeah, bring it on. I think that's the key. That's the key missing element there if you want to talk about improving something. <laughs> Summer Glau's not doing anything right now, right? Yeah. She would have been a good Cylon. We were at Dragon Con about a month ago, and they okay they. Granted, I this was the year I would have gone if I hadn't had to work. Right. When I say they, myself, Dimitri, his wife Jen, we'll probably talk about Dragon Con and the, our other podcasts, Geek Quorum, because that's more suitable for that. But I was very surprised. Well, not very surprised, but it was just interesting to me that there was no Caprica presence there at all. There was Battlestar Galactica panels. There was Battlestar Galactica actors that were doing Q&As. The actors from Caprica, totally absent. There might have been one fan track Caprica panel session somewhere that was tied into the overall Battlestar Galactica universe, talking about maybe religion or some aspect of it. But on its own, it was it's like an orphan. It's a weird catch-22. It's like sci-fi doesn't want to do any heavy marketing until it's successful. But you can't be successful without good marketing. The word of mouth possibility has been lost. If sci-fi wants it to succeed, they've got to commit something to it and start doing better with it. I mean, look, look at Warehouse 13. My original complaint, it's just a remake of a hokey show back from the late 80s. Well, you know what? They admitted it. They embraced it. They pushed it. And as you said, people are watching it. Mm -hmm. If sci-fi wants this, show you want it. Tuesday at 10 p.m.? Mm-hmm. I don't know. We're hoping. We're at the precipice of hope here. Yeah. So we will be back with regular episodes. Got to be back in the swing of things. Send us your comments when you do watch the episode, either by tweet or our voicemail number, which again is 301-358-5175, or our email, which is gcorm at gmail.com. Until next time, thanks again for listening. Jump clock is running. Bye-bye. Bye. Are you ready? Mm-hmm. Shake off the rust. <laughs> We're shaking off the rush, just like the Cylons. <laughs>